welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. Oh, well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Mark, one of the pastors at Grace Capital Church. It's so great to be with you, and, and I was going to honestly talk to you first about one of the things that's so important is to be connected in life group, but I don't really need to say it because Pam did an incredible job telling us why it's so important. So if you're not in a life group, I really encourage you to, to get connected. Pastor Jesse can, can help you, um, or anybody, just say, by the way, how many people are in life group? Raise your hand. That's cool. And so if you're hand, keep your hands up for a second. So everybody who's not in life group, look around and say, you know what? They can help me get plugged in. It might not be in your community, but they will find somebody to help you get plugged in. So thank you so much. Well, we are still in this series called Veritas. Last week we talked about Old Covenant, which is, it's important to talk about that because it really makes what we're going to talk about today so exciting. So we said Old Covenant was really this this idea that God wanted to have um, more than just a relationship. He wanted to have fellowship. Fellowship was this idea of uh, a close proximity. And we know what happened in the garden with the sin and, and the first animal sacrifice. God pursued them, covered them with animal skin. And then on and we go about these, these covenant relationships that God had for us. But the challenge was it never allowed them to come back into that place of intimacy true intimacy that God wanted. It was kind of like, thank goodness today we don't have to do that. Like, all right, let's, uh, let's bring it with us to go to church and like, you know, here we go. You know, hey, kids, we got to go to church today. Can you get the parakeets out of the cage? We're going to bring them with us. Well, you know, somebody was telling me that it is a good thing we don't do this anymore. We don't live in an agricultural society, so we'd be bringing Fido to the altars and, you know, our pets. And that would be so sad for the kids. But we don't have to do that anymore. And this is going to be the new covenant conversation that we go to today. You know, the the interesting thing was God established, if you've been journaling with us, it's been fascinating going through Exodus and seeing how God has orchestrated these these ways that we can connect with him. And so he told Moses to, to build this tabernacle, this place where God's presence would reside. And, and the cool thing is that even over all those years, then, then God allowed Jesus to come, his only son. And the reason why we know in New Covenant what's going to happen is, is it's a very awesome thing because now God's presence is with us. The veil rips in two. That was the curtain that kept, you know, the holy place, the holy of holies. I kind of feel badly for the, the priests at the time because they, when the priest came in, they actually tied a rope around him. And so if for some reason he didn't do the rituals just right and he like dies, nobody has to go in there. They can drag him out with a cord. That's old covenant. The problem was is it never was quite enough. It was we would mess up. The laws, you know, 666 laws that they had to keep, keep messing up. Oh, keep reminding of the covenant, keep reminding of the covenant. And then all of a sudden, we have this new covenant that comes to us. Have you ever been to that place where you kind of, you've, you've tried to do all the right things? I was thinking about, Pam, that is so much my story of, you know, trying to do it on your own. Now, I grew up in the church. I, I grew up in a Presbyterian church. But I kind of knew, sorry, I kind of knew 
what the word said. I, I grew up in a Christian home. I, my parents taught me to be in the word. Well, actually, I never was really in the word. They told us I should be in the word. I went to church, and every Sunday, my father was a choir director. My mother was an organist, and I spent a lot of time sleeping in church. <laughs> Go figure. But then at 22, I realized I was exhausted of trying to do the right thing. I was exhausted of knowing that somehow I'm trying to live this moral life. I'm trying to do the right things because I don't want to disappoint my parents. But I realized, unfortunately, that I was, as I was chasing after this thing of something to, to make myself presentable, that I realized that I actually was living like many people in the Old Testament. They knew of God. They tried to do the right thing, but the problem was they didn't have this heart condition that they needed to have a, almost a heart transplant, a spiritual transplant in their heart. When I was 22, it was actually, that's where I would say I knew of God, but it went from my head to my heart. Have you been at that place, though, where you've struggled? I mean, you just try to do the right thing. There's something inside of you. You know when you're doing something wrong, and it's never, never quite, you're never quite good enough. And, and then you start feeling like this shame and this guilt. Is, oh, I better go to church, or I better be in the Bible a little bit more. And it's all about the, you should do this. And it reminds us of the law of the old covenant. All these things that I should do, but it's never quite enough. Have you been there? Have you felt that before? Then all of a sudden, coming towards the end of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, we find in Jeremiah, where it begins to foreshadow what is going to take place. Jeremiah chapter 30. 1 and verse 31. When you begin to read what is the heart of God, remember we said though, God was always interested in a fellowship relationship. God is not really interested in just having moral people. He's not really interested in whether you do right or wrong. What he's really interested in being close to you, to, to love you, to care for you. And so in Jeremiah 31, this is what it says. Behold, the day is coming, declares the Lord. By the way, Jeremiah was a, a prophet. Prophets back in the Old Testament time were really the spokespeople for God. I love how so many people are just bundled up right now. It's like, <laughs> we could get through this. I know my nose is dripping a little bit. You know, you're out in the cold and Where's Caitlin and her little fuzzy thing over here? I wanted to like curl up in that or something. Sorry about that little, little rabbit trail. But I see some of you guys shivering there. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Here we go. No longer an old covenant. A new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Now, before you got saying, okay, well, it's only house of Israel, house of Judah. What about us? We are actually considered Gentiles. We, we're not Jews. In Romans chapter 11, that's when we get the idea that we are now adopted into this promise, this new covenant. So don't feel like you're left out. This is about us too. 
Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, so not like the old covenant, on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, and man, they kept breaking the covenant. But God kept pursuing them and establishing another covenant. It says, if you'll, if you'll be my people, I'll be your God. But here's what it says. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. You see the relationship that even back in Old Covenant, this is what God wanted to do. To be like a husband, like a husband cares for his wife. To nurture, to love, to care. That type of intimacy, that type of closeness that he wanted to have. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. Where was the laws written before? Old covenant. Moses, they were written on tablets of stone. I, I, I think that would be awesome to kind of figure out how God did that. These tablets of stone, and all of a sudden... You know, God was like, these are the commandments I want you to live by. I don't know, laser finger or something. I just want to know how God did that. Did anybody wonder that before? Maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. But I've always thought about that. Was God out there with a chisel and a hammer? I don't know. But you see, that was the old covenant on stone. It's something external. These were the, these were the laws that, said, that helped define the relationship. The laws weren't bad. They were good. Because it helps saying, if you do this, you can stay in right relationship with me. But then he's saying, the new covenant is no longer external laws, but they are laws that are going to be written on our hearts. And this is why this is so incredible, this new covenant. Because it allows us, when it's in our heart, it is more of a love relationship it is more of a instead of an external do what's right be moral live this way it is a i do it because i love you have you ever for those of you who have kids or you can relate it to a spouse as well if you don't have kids but do you you don't even know what i'm gonna say you think that was funny i don't know i wasn't very funny but anyways if you have kids Oh, you think your spouse is a kid. Is that what you're saying? I get it now. Well, sometimes they are. I was a little bit slow. Uh, so here's the deal. For my kids, I, I want them to be obedient to their mom and dad. We talk about it. There's a, there's a promise in the Word of God that when our kids are obedient, life will go well. And I tell them, kids, I want a good life for you, so obey mom and dad. But there are times when I know that they obey me because they know they have to. Or they think they know it's right. And I can see the difference from the, the times that they obey me because they know there's consequences versus the times they obey me because they love me as their dad. And I could tell the difference. And see, this is where the old covenant is. People responded to God because they know this is what was needed for that relationship. And then we go to new covenant. Now it's written in our heart and it's no longer that we have to do. It's like, we love to do it because we know who our Father is. 
God, we know you. We, we have this relationship with you, this close fellowship, and we desire to do what's right because now it's in our heart and it's a love relationship. He will write it on our hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's the same thing that God used to say in all the other old covenants. But he's saying this is the same thing. I desire to be in close relationship with you where you still, I still am your God and you'll be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each, and each his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. This is interesting. Why is he saying that no longer will neighbor have to teach neighbor? Well, again, remember, Old Covenant, we, we were dealing in a time where there were priests, tabernacles, to learn about God, you'd, you'd go to a temple and you would hear from the priest. Now he's saying, though, but the, the new covenant is I can live with you. You're gonna, I'm going to be in your heart. And you will know me through relationship with me directly, not having to go to somebody external to tell you about me. You understand? Is there any tissues around here? It's getting cold and my nose wants to drip. No tissues? All right. That's cool. I'll keep sniffling, I guess. You are awesome, pregnant lady. You are awesome, handsome Pastor Jesse. So, I didn't call you pregnant Jesse. That would be weird. Um, so thank you very much for this. All right. So you, do you understand where we're tracking here? So new covenant is this idea we go from an external law to now a heart internal thing. He's going to say, I'm going to take the, the stoniness out of your heart and I'm going to write the law on your heart, which really talks about this, again, intimate relationship that he ha wants to have with us. So how does this work? It works by the new covenant is wrapped around Jesus. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot about Jesus because that's next week. We're going to be talking about Jesus, his message and his mission next week. But what I am going to say is that God so desired to be in relationship with you and me that he allowed his one and only son to go to a cross for us. Again, the shedding of blood. Remember they said, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. In other words, there's no taking care of sin without the shedding of blood. So Jesus comes onto the scene. And this is a new covenant. This is why I was like so excited for this day. We're going to be talking about the new covenant. Why? Because when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was ripped in half. The veil that kept people out of the Holy of Holies, which represented this. Now God can be with each one of us. Personally, intimately, day by day, moment by moment, God is not, no longer kept in the Holy of Holies. He no longer just shows up sporadically like he did in Old Testament. But instead, he is with us. God is with us. Remember at Christmas time, we, we love reading those scriptures in Isaiah. His name shall be called Emmanuel. God is with us. 
Oh, my word. And then all of a sudden, when he starts writing the law in our hearts, all of a sudden we, still, we, we start living like, God, I want to serve you. I want to do what's right because I believe that you have good things for me. I want you to be my husband. Now, I know that's kind of weird for a guy to say that. But, but take the, the analogy of understanding, because by the way, in Revelation, he says that he is going to be our groom, and he's looking for a bride that's ready for him. So don't get too weirded out by the analogy. The whole thing is we want to have this type of relationship where we say, God, we, just, we love you. We trust you. And here's the thing. We're still not going to live a perfect life because we're, by the way, human. Anybody not human here? Please don't raise your hand. I, I would be concerned. We're all human, which means we are going to make mistakes. And this is why Jesus, he covers us. Just like the Father in Genesis, God covered Adam and Eve. Jesus' blood, what Jesus did on the cross, covers our sin. So God, when he looks at us, does not see our sin. So we can have this tight relationship. We can have this fellowship. See, it's it's no longer about the rules to define the relationship. It's about his love for us that now defines the relationship. It's the fellowship. Honestly, sometimes it's easier to just follow the laws, though, isn't it? We think it's easier, and this is where religion kind of takes place. You go into some of these churches that are very legalistic. And why do they get legalistic? Because sometimes it's easier just to define the relationship for me by the rules. Just create rules for me and I'll, I'll just live within the rules. But the problem with that and why it goes legalism is because it takes out the relationship part. We forget the whole reason why the rules existed in the first place. Now you say, okay, well, what do we do with all those rules? Do we throw them out? Does the, is the old covenant no longer pertinent to us? The new covenant, all it does is builds on what God has already established in the old. We don't throw them out, but it's no longer the rules that define the relationship. He's written the law on our hearts. It's this relationship with him that defines the relationship. It's the fellowship. It's that closeness. It's really that it's love that now compels us. But you know, the interesting thing is that God always takes the initiative. He's always the one pursuing us. He took the initiative in the Garden of Eden to cover Adam and Eve. He always pursued a covenant relationship with his people. And even when they went into exile, he always provided a way back. Today, God is pursuing you and me. And he's made a way back through Jesus Christ. But we don't have to keep going and killing little animals. No, we've got Jesus who's already done the deal for us. But we need to respond to God. 
It's what Pam said. Do you stop trying to do this on your own? It's too hard. It's too... Oh, it's hard, hard work trying just to be good enough. It's hard work just trying to live for yourself. It's hard work just... Honestly, being a selfish seems easy, but you know what? Eventually it gets hard because it leaves you so empty. And Jesus is saying, you know, I've done it for you. I've paid the price. The new covenant is, would you allow me just in your life? Because I can be with you 24-7 if you allow me. Where's Johnny boy? John, you could play some pretty music behind me so I can really get the point home. <laughs> I know I don't need music, but John, John just makes everything like, so much better. I thought I would just... Don't, don't we love John? I love John. We love John. I get to work with John during the week, and I love John. I love Jesse, too, by the way. And I know you do as well. But you know who loves you more? Jesus, yeah. Our Father in heaven loves us more. He loves us so much that he allowed his son to pay the ultimate price for us. I don't know about you, but I would have a hard time giving up one of my kids. To be sacrificed for somebody else. But see, that's how much God loves us. He's always made a way to be in relationship with us. But he asks us to respond. This morning, I'm going to ask you to respond. First and foremost, if you don't have a relationship with God, because you've never really chosen to allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life, Maybe you've been like me, that you have gone to church. You've even read the Bible, but, you know, you're just, it's kind of a head thing. You're just trying to live the moral life, or you're trying to live life, but you've never given yourself over to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If that's you, and you want that kind of relationship, that closeness with God... I don't care if people's eyes are open or not. I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, it's, you'll know. You feel it in your heart. If that's, if that's you, would you just slip up your hand right now saying, I need this relationship. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? So that's first and foremost needing to have a relationship with our Father in Heaven through Jesus Christ. And it's simple. The Bible says if we believe, 
repent, and then place him as the Lord of our life. This belief is understanding, well, I just kind of laid it out for us. So that's what you're responding to, the truth of God, to have a relationship through Jesus Christ. We believe what Jesus has done for us. And then Jesus comes and all of a sudden moves from our head and all of a sudden our heart starts beating differently. He places a new heart inside of us. A heart transplant has taken place. The repent part of it is basically saying, you know what, I'm no longer going to live for myself. I'm going to live for God and I'm going to choose to do it his way. Turn from the way that I've been trying to do, which by the way, you probably weren't very successful. (laughs) Because I sure wasn't doing it my way. Pastor Jesse, are you having baptisms next week? Believe, repent, and be baptized. Baptisms are really about a public declaration of saying, you know what, I'm choosing to allow Jesus to be the Lord of my life, and I want the world to know it. If you haven't been baptized, especially those who just raised your hand, that's your next step, you need to be baptized. Pastor Jesse, I'm sure, can tell you more about how that's going to look in in this location. Lastly, so those are those who've come to Christ, but then for the rest of us, how many people have known God, who have known Jesus, have already given your life to Him, but then have started to remove yourself into kind of doing the mode of doing your own thing again? And God's just saying, no, 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 no. Would you just come, come being close with me? Come be close. How many people feel that that they're a little bit distant and they want to get closer to God? Just raise your hand. Honestly, it's me. Of course I want to be closer to God. Seriously, I'm going to ask again. How many people want to be closer to God? And God just says, I want to be your God. Would you be my people? See, the new covenant allows us to come into his presence without going through all this ritual stuff and killing Fido and the priests, the Holy of Holies. It's no, 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 we're we're here now. God is with us here now. God, I just pray this morning that we would stop living for ourselves that we would choose to 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 invite you into every part of our life into our homes into our our workplace into our parenting into being a husband or wife to being single into our schools to to all aspects of a life we say god would you be just i want more of you And do you hear God's voice says, of course I want to be with you. See, it's not a problem with God. It's not a problem with God. It's, it's a problem with us that we get so crazy busy and we just kind of do live life ourselves and we kind of add God on top of everything else. And God just said, no, 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 no. I just want to be with you.
I want to be with you. Would you just allow me to be with you? And then all of a sudden, he gets into our heart and he starts moving and he starts reshaping and he does it so gently. We have a great father who loves us. And he begins leading us. And we begin to follow. Not because of a rule, but because we love him and we desire to do what he's asked of us. That's the new covenant. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for us. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to us. Thank you for being present with us, God, our Father. And and we do say, Lord, we are going to include you into our life. Every aspect. And you will be our God. And we will be your people. With your law written on our hearts. No longer trying to be moral. No longer trying tirelessly just to do what's right. But instead, we're in a relationship with you with our heart is saying, we just want to do these things because we love you. God, I pray for each one of us that is here that we would pursue you even greater. That we would get in life groups to know that that's where we've got to be connected to grow together. That we would choose to say yes to go to the waters of baptism. That we would continue to press in 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 being in your word that speaks to our hearts. Father, I thank you for this Manchester campus. These people that are going to allow their lives to be transformed, but then go out into the community and, and to make a difference in our community. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name. Well, that was a pretty fast transition. We're just trying to figure out Jesus. Like, good Lord. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Let's give Pastor Mark a hand. That was an awesome, awesome message. It's all about Jesus. Thank you. I definitely want more of Jesus, and I'm sure each one of us does as well. Um, So I have just a few announcements, and then we'll dismiss everybody today. Uh, One is next week we will be having baptisms. We typically do that at the Comfort Inn. We do it in a heated pool. Um, So we don't do it outside at a lake or a river or something like that, Uh, though that would make it pretty fun. Uh, It would definitely be warmer or colder than this. So uh, what I would like to do is uh, next week come. We have towels. If you want to bring shorts and all that, 
bring change of clothes, that's great. We have towels. We have everything we need. Um, and so we'll meet after church on Sunday. And whoever wants to do that, I'll be back at the Info Hub. I know I've talked to a couple of you about this. Uh, so I'm excited for that. So next week after church, come and we'll, we'll leave together and we'll go do and have baptism, which is going to be incredible. It's at the Comfort Inn, and I'll have handouts for everybody as, as far as directions and things of that nature. Um, secondly, we have our annual meeting. This is church-wide. That's next week. Uh, I think we have a slide for that as well. Um, if you're a member, if you're not a member, it doesn't matter. Come celebrate with us. See what God's doing in all three of our locations. I, think, I believe that starts at 6.30 um, or 6 o'clock. Um, if you go on our website, you can find our information. Who, what's funny? Did I do something wrong? Okay. Something weird was up there. I don't want to know what it was. I may get fired. Um, so next week, uh, we'll have our annual meeting, uh, and that'll be really awesome. You get to celebrate what God's doing. That's our, at our Pembroke campus. So if you want to go to our website, gccnh.com, we will have information there. And finally, our makeover event. Everyone excited about that? I know we have a lot of people who are going to be serving. Um, so if you, if you want to be a part of that, sign up online, gccnh.com forward slash Manchester. Go there and go to our upcoming events page and you can sign up, fill out the information. It's going to be an incredible time. I want to keep reminding you, keep bringing those feminine products and lightly used bras or new bras so we can be giving those to the women that we're going to be serving on Valentine's Day. So let's stand up together. Love each one of you. Uh, Before you go grab your kids, before you dismiss, say hi to somebody as you're leaving, and we'll see you next week. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.